This is Robert Merlacci, the Mindshare Learning Podcast, Learning and Technology e Magazine. I'm here at the Connecting IT to Teaching and Learning Conference, hosted by LEMC in Markham, Ontario, and I have the good fortune of having a Mindshare Learning Moment with this morning's keynote and Adam Gary, who is the Director of Education Strategy for Dell Global. Thank you for joining me this morning. I'm glad to be here. Well, very uh, intriguing and engaging um, uh, keynote this morning, Adam. Uh, you certainly painted a, a wonderful picture around the uh, the whole transformation process when it comes to um, learning and innovation and the whole empowerment of students and personalized learning. What, uh, what inspired you around this whole area and why, why are you so passionate about it? Interestingly enough, I think I got inspired early on. My son's 19 now, but when he was in second grade, I remember going into a parent-teacher conference um, and uh, the teacher saying, we've already done his running record up to this level, but um, he's past this, but I have to stop here because I have a bunch of other kids that are lower that I need to get to. Um, and so I, I knew at that point that he was going to be sitting there and waiting for kids to catch up instead of really progressing and growing at the rate that he could. And so you couple that with when I was a classroom teacher, um, I very much had a project-based kind of mindset, right? And so it's always, I've always been driven to try to figure out how do we meet the needs um, of all learners? And we've been through some different um, methods to do this, right? Uh, there was a big push for differentiation for a long time. But the more and more that I learned about personalization, and got involved with school systems that were really trying to do this, um, the more I realized that this could be something that could help with uh, more transformative models that could be uh, systemic. You really painted, uh, thank you for that, you really painted uh, a nice picture uh, with the TED talk from uh, uh, Todd Rose and uh, around the end of average uh, and the, the analogy of fighter pilots. Yeah, so for me, it's always been this um, struggle, right, with, with schools and school leaders and this idea that, you know, we know that we need to shift the way that we deliver content. For example, uh, we help a lot of folks really rethink, you know, what does it look like when you shift to digital? But then we have a lot of nomenclature that still utilizes things like lesson plans, right? And we say, are you really delivering a lesson plan? Or are we now utilizing digital content to give kids voice and choice? And how does that kind of look different? So if you couple that with, you know, what Todd Rose brings to the table, especially with his research, um, you realize that for years and years and years, we've talked to the middle because we thought, well, at least then we've, we've hit everyone. Um, you know, the kids in the middle that we think they're there, which they aren't, will get this. The ones that are above, they already have it, so it's okay. And the ones that are below, maybe we'll prop them up to it. Um, and so I think what he's shown through his research, especially with fighter pilots as the mm -hmm. analogy, is this idea that we really need to not only rethink the way that we um, are helping kids learn, but also making sure that they have um, some choice in what and how they learn. You really um, challenged their thinking around personalized learning and what it means to the folks in the room here. And there is a real uh, misconception at times, and, and, and that's a really important point. I'd love you to perhaps illuminate that for our listeners. Sure. Yeah, and this was, I, I said this during the keynote, it was kind of like a, a struggle. 
um, for me personally over the last three years. So if I start back six years ago, I helped the school district actually build a, a personalized learning platform that really was focused on voice and choice. And it was a great learning experience for me. Um, and, I, and I did that while I worked for Dell. So it was even better that Dell really saw the value in that because we didn't want to just run out and tell people, here, here are some great slides, you should personalize learning, but not really know how to help them get mm -hmm. there, right? I mean, a big piece of what came out of that was this idea that systems have to be inter interoperable to allow for all of these siloed things you bought to actually work together or you can't get the personalized approaches. So the struggle really was that once we had come up with this really great common definition of voice and choice, we noticed the market really picked up on personalized. And when the market picks up on personalized, everyone rushes to figure out how their tools and resources actually personalize things instead of starting backwards and saying, what does it really mean? And do we have the right tools? So it was very frustrating. Um, so when we locked in on our definition and decided that we were going to continue with this, you know, it really was this idea that in a personalized system students do have voice and choice in the learning process and that what we mean by that is they have choice when they decide what they're going to use for their learning and how they show their learning through a mastery-based model um, and they have voice by explaining and being part of what learning looks like within that context you uh brought in the analogy of uh blockbuster video in contrast to Netflix. And there was a lot of humor in the room after watching that satirical uh, video of uh, Blockbuster's uh, museum visit. Um, there's a danger in, in not acting. There's a danger in complacency or a lack of innovators mindset. How do we get beyond that what are what are faculties of education doing what are you know what are departments of education doing in countries you you have a global view on this what, what you know what are two or three things that really need to be nailed down in order to move a system forward and get beyond pockets of innovation yeah that's a great question and so the reason i use the netflix and that netflix analogy is because um Right now, we have a lot of systems across the, the world even, you know, moving to these one-to-one -one initiatives, right? People have been doing this for a long time. But what we're trying to get people to understand is giving kids a device, especially nowadays, does not transform the system, right? If you don't rethink the way that information flows and the way we're asking kids to use information, then you've really done nothing except for, in the Netflix model, right? send the DVD to the house, right? And we're trying to get them to move to the Netflix model that completely changed the way we consumed content, right? And so if you look and start, when we start working with systems, which by the way, my team, um, we spend 60% of our time in school systems, helping them think through these transformative models. Um, the first thing we always ask is, do you have a vision and common language for what this, this is supposed to look like? Um, Brilliant. That's so, critical. Yeah. So it's that idea of, do you have that? But we are really laser focused on this idea of, and are you bringing kids into that process to actually build that vision? So we do something called the visioning day. We'll spend six hours with a system or a school and really help them go through this process of learning to get to this end result of this is what we think learning should look like. And here's some common language around it. And then obviously a lot of things have to flow from that. So one, one key thing is obviously understanding, having that um, the vision um, and then um, bringing students into that process. 
the second thing that we very much focus on is then professional learning, right? So if you have a vision, you know where you want to go, you have to then make sure you have the right professional learning that is designed to look like what you want learning to look like for kids. Our theory of action on this basically is that uh, for years, the, the example we like to use is teacher as facilitator, right? And so we've said teacher as facilitator, and you ask a group of teachers, how many of you have actually learned in a facilitated way? And two people raise their hand, right? So they don't have a, a window for it. So within our professional learning models, we really build them to look like the model of learning we want for kids so that the teachers actually experience it and they understand what does it mean when um, when I have voice and choice in this process? What does it mean when I don't have to just show up face-to-face -to, -face to do all the learning, right? Um, so, we're, so we start with vision, um, we move and make sure there's strong professional learning, and then um, you know, a key to all of this obviously is in the background, you know, does the technology actually support the transformation or does it hinder it? Because in many regards, um, we keep buying technology, none of it works together. Now a teacher's got to log into seven systems, mm -hmm. teacher, students. It's messy. Have to, yeah, it makes it, it's a messier proposition. So do you understand how things work together and do you build things and orchestrate that in the right way? I mean, there's five or six other steps, you know, to some of this, but those are the key things that we're really trying to drive home um, to then get to models of learning that really drive towards the systemic reform we've been talking about. And what do you have, what are your thoughts on the whole notion of innovators mindset and leadership and faculties of education? Are you seeing some good examples of faculties of education pivoting yeah, as well? Yeah, so here's what I'd say. I think that um, the market is changing based on um, the the students that are coming into these schools of education. Um, you know, this has always been a chicken or an egg um, chicken or an egg issue, right? This idea of, well, if we build these faculty, if we build a, you know, the College of Education to look like this, but then the school districts don't you know, um, value that, then we've literally produced all these kids that go out in these school districts and then they have to retrain them for a more traditional model, right? And on the other end, it's like, you keep sending us students who are ready for traditional learning and we're trying to shift more traditional right. models. And so for me, where I've seen, um, the best kind of success in this is when we have articulation models locally, right? With um, colleges of education and school systems working hand in hand to use the same tools, Absolutely. to have that same common language. Um, and we, do, we have seen some successes um, in the Atlanta area with the school district we work with for a while, Hall County has done oh, cool. this, right? Yeah. And Absolutely. I think you'll see more, you see more and more of that uh, for sure if, if people are starting to kind of push the, uh, the edges of this. Right. And, and I think uh, having some case studies around that would be really powerful, mm -hmm. right? Because you need to paint that picture. Yeah, I agree. Well, speaking of painting a picture, I'd be remiss if I didn't get you to highlight your book. You are an author as well. Yes. You so, co-authored a book yep. a couple years ago. I did. So my first book was called Teaching the Eye Generation with uh, yeah. the guy named Bill Ferder, who's an amazing teacher. He actually taught my son science, one of my son's favorite teachers in the world. Uh, Bill is a uh, uh, great blogger. Um, I, some of you probably follow him on uh, plug. I think it's plug us in. Um, but uh, the second book was around this idea of uh, personalized learning, empowering students with voice and choice is the title. Very cool. And um, I wrote it with uh, Amos Fodchuk, who's the CEO of our professional learning organization, and then someone on my team, Lauren Hobbs. And really, the the goal of the book it's only sixty pages, and it's really wow. to get people to this idea of what is common language around 
what personalized means. And if I'm a teacher reading this, what are some things I can do right away in my classroom to start moving towards those models? Fantastic. If I'm a district person, what are the things I need to, to do to move towards those models? And it kind of follows the, the flow of my keynote. It starts out with, you know, why in the world are we talking about personalized learning and education? What's going on in the world around us? And then into that whole story of how you can start to see this in classrooms. With that, Adam, I thank you. You're your welcome. Thank you. Yeah. That was Adam Gary, the Director of Education Strategy for Dell EMC here at the Connecting IT to Teaching and Learning Conference in Markham, Ontario. You can follow Adam at agary, G-A-R-R-Y 22 on Twitter. And thank you again for your time today. And uh, be sure to check out www.mindsharelearning.com to get your latest issue of the Mindshare Learning Report. And until next time, keep the learning curve steep.